It's a quiet Sunday afternoon in West Dumbartonshire, Scotland. Families are out for a relaxing stroll through the Kilpatrick Hills, exploring the natural beauty of the moors and crags. Atop a hill, overlooking the River Clyde, is a 19th century house with an imposing presence. It stands apart from the natural beauty of the landscape with its Gothic architecture. Spanning before the house is a bridge made of dark, mossy stone, crossing a gully 60 feet deep. Below, a waterfall can be heard softly in the distance. A woman approaches the opposite side of the bridge. Ahead of her, an excitable terrier leads the way. It's a picturesque scene, except something doesn't sit right. The terrier is stopped midway across the bridge, staring into the distance as if something has caught its eye. Faster than anyone can react, the terrier leaps clear over the wall, down, down into the dark below. There's no way the small dog could have survived the fall. The story mirrors countless true experiences of pet owners at Overton Bridge. What is causing dogs to throw themselves from what has become known as the Dog Suicide Bridge? Can science offer an explanation? Or is there a darker, supernatural reason for this strange phenomenon? The bridge and its mysteries have fascinated locals of Dumbarton for decades. A quiet, tucked away town in the countryside. And yet, it is site to one of the most intriguing paranormal phenomena of the 21st century. Ian Fisher, a retired cop who now runs a dog rescue near Dumbarton, gave us an overview of the town. Uh, it's situated in the River Clyde, a historic town. It was founded in the the fifth century and was once the, the ancient capital of the kingdom of Strathclyde. It's dominated by Dumbarton Castle, which was built about 1220. Its purpose was to defend the area from uh, the marauding Vikings. Modern day town is a population of about 22,000. It's a large whiskey based industry, and many people also work at the, the kind of nearby nuclear submarine base. Overton Bridge is only a 10-minute drive from the historic town of Dumbarton. Paul Owens, local historian and author of The Baron of Rainbow Bridge, is an expert on the history of the area. The town is also renowned as the home of the world's greatest dog-leaping mystery, occurring at Overton Bridge, where huge volumes of dogs have inexplicably thrown themselves from the parapets and walls of this ancient country bridge to their deaths and injury. I first began visiting Overton Bridge when I was a child, where my mother, Christina Owens, would take me to the Overton estate to help me learn to walk. So in a sense, the fabric of Overton's story has always been part of my life. The number of dogs that have jumped from the bridge changes based on which source you read. We spoke with Dr. David Sands, an internationally established animal psychologist who has visited, researched, and spoken extensively on the bridge. He had this to say about the actual amount of dogs which have jumped. I was given a figure of 50 or 60 in, in the beginning in 2004, but I saw a headline 
from the Sun newspaper and they say mystery of 600 dogs jump from haunted suicide bridge but I'm not aware of you know an accessible verified statistic you know to mean that you could look at online and say this this number of dogs whoever had done that original research uh, had looked up various articles and notes and counted since the 1960s that there'd been accounts of 50 or 60 dogs but locals knew that it had happened a few times I actually spoke to uh, three or four people. I interviewed Donna, whose dog had done the jump and died. And I also spoke to Kenneth, who was the owner of Hendrix, a 17-year-old dog that had jumped but survived. While it is difficult to confirm the precise number, there is no doubt that there is a long history of dogs jumping from the mossy parapets. Sadly, many of them to their deaths. Pastor Bob Hill, director of the Christian Center for Hope and Healing, owns Overton House, which overlooks the bridge. He was quoted in a Guardian article, saying, People just come knocking at the castle door, either screaming or in tears, saying, Please help me, my dog has leapt off. Dogs, uh, the primary instinct is to survive. I mean, there's a million years of evolution in a dog's behavior uh, that is to survive, but that doesn't stop them from getting themselves into trouble. To add to the mystery, it appears the majority of the dogs jump from the exact same location on the bridge. It was one side of the bridge that leads down to the gorge where almost all the dogs that I knew of had gone over. So it was typical, the first turret, and, and that was the most significant drop. Doreen Graham of the Scottish SPCA was quoted in Paul's book saying, I haven't seen anything like this before. It's a mystery, and it's a heartbreaking mystery. There are lots of heartbroken owners whose dogs have died. I would like to discover why dogs are jumping off the parapets on the bridge. There must be some logical reason for this that's enticing them off the bridge. And really, that's what we ought to find out. Many have searched for a concrete explanation for the unusual animal behavior. Yet, none has been determined with total certainty. Add to this the stories of paranormal activities surrounding the bridge, and it is no wonder why the story has captured the world's imagination. But Overton Bridge has a dark history, and the man who commissioned its construction, Baron Overton, paid for the bridge through the horrendous suffering of his factory's employees. Some believe that this sordid past has led to the bridge becoming what is known as a thin place, a location where paranormal activity occurs more commonly due to a link between our world and the next. Overton House was completed in 1863 by the White family. In perhaps a foreboding sign, the primary architect died shortly before it was finished, and his replacement gave up his architectural career with no explanation soon after finishing Overton House. But James White, Baron Overton's father, wanted to expand the property. He dreamed of one day building a great bridge to cross the gorge near his estate. He was a wealthy millionaire, deeply religious Calvinist, who owned a vast chemical empire at Rutherglen in Scotland. And there he produced chemicals, primarily bichromate of potash or chromium dioxide, which was primarily used in the tanning and dyeing industries. 
It was from the manufacture of these chemicals that he made his vast fortune and the monies from which to build Overton Bridge on his princely country estate next to his castle. Unfortunately for James White, this would mean construction would cross into a farmer's property, and he refused to sign paperwork which would allow the construction. James White would eventually pass away, leaving a legacy his son Baron Overton would obsess over. He was determined to build the bridge. Eventually, the stubborn landowner passed away as well, and his son signed the rights to Baron Overton so he could begin construction. And the bridge was important to Baron Overton because he was fulfilling his late father, James White's dream. You know, this was a, a huge thing to him. And the Baron made it his epitaph to build this colossal structure. And this would be his crowning achievement and his lasting legacy at Overton, the construction of this majestic um, bridge. And for Baron Overton, who was a deeply religious man, this building of a bridge was like a divine mission. He believed that God had instructed him to build this overpass. And it's a strange contradiction that within this holy isle, dark animal dog-leaping deaths have been plaguing this location for over a century. The construction of the bridge would cost an estimated 1.6 million US dollars today. These funds came from the chemical factory that Baron Overton inherited from his father. Although he was making a vast fortune out of the chemicals, hundreds and hundreds of men at his factory of horrors were being destroyed by the chemicals, uh, where their noses and the cartilages of their noses were all wearing away from their faces they were um, covered in chrome holes and were actually effectively being um, destroyed by the chemicals on a daily basis. It is said that every stone in Overton Bridge was built from the dark chemical house of horrors which paid for it in the first place. So it is, in a sense, a very dark bridge indeed. <laughs> the poisonous fumes burned away their septums and workers at the factory became known as White's Whistlers due to the whistling noise their deviated septums produced. One worker had to build a wire cage around his body when he worked because his skin was so eaten away by the chemicals that it hurt for his clothing to touch him. Kerr Hardy, the leader of a local labor party, declared, whilst Lord Overton conducts family worship at Overton House, his white chrome-eaten victims toil and sweat in the malaria hole at Shawfield, adding to the wealth of their sainted master. The horrific working conditions are hard to fathom, and Barron did his best to keep the truth hidden from inspectors. Many people questioned him over a long period of time about the sanitary conditions at his workplaces. He would uh, either brush it off or he would say that, uh, that the place was uh, perfectly uh, clean and habitable, and then when the inspectors would call round to check the factories, he would make some small changes uh, as if um, you know, he was making a vast improvement when in fact there was no real improvement in the uh, hideous conditions that these men had to work in. As long as the money was being brought in by the chemicals, why change anything? Because in his life, he was living in an enormous castle he was driving up and down in a horse-driven carriage to church every Sunday. In 1898, Baron Overton, who was chairman of the Christian Institute, started writing letters to the board members with the signature I.M. The name I.M. 
is the signature of God itself. Poison from the factory ruined the nearby River Clyde and eroded the land around it. In an ironic turn of events, the erosion led to the destruction of one of Baron Overton's nearby mansions, forcing him to live full-time at Overton House. One night, while he slept, he had a striking dream. He saw a sort of caterpillar and it turned into a moth and as he looked at it, he began to see that he was that, he was that, that moth that was eating everything himself. I think the meaning of the dream really just is something to do with Baron Overton's uh, self-conscience that he realized deep down somewhere that he was in fact living what he would call a very sinful lifestyle as a Calvinist Christian. Uh, although um, I think for much of his existence he tried to push this stuff to the back of his mind. But I think the meaning of the dream is quite clear. It's really a self-realization that he himself wasn't in fact some kind of monster that was creating his own divine paradise from that dark, sinister uh, lifestyle which he uh, was part of. On the final day of the bridge's construction, Baron Overton placed a number of items inside the bridge that were ceremoniously sealed within. Now, this time capsule contained a number of strange objects, including a mysterious hoard of coins and photographs of Baron and Lady Overton. Also placed inside the stone of the bridge that day, was a very unusual letter on which the words were written, every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. Why these items were chosen to be sealed in the bridge is known only to Baron Overton. But there is something especially distasteful about the Baron throwing more coins, tainted with the blood of White's whistlers, at this vain project. Today, the bridge holds an ominous atmosphere that is in stark contrast to the land around it. Dr. Sands offers this description of the bridge and the nearby house as they appear today. And you've got this sort of gothic-looking house at one end. Um, You've got this sort of very thick uh, sandstone uh, walled uh, bridge going across it. It's surrounded by by woodland and and, uh, flora and fauna. After the completion of the bridge, the Baron's lust for wealth would push him to join a shady alchemical venture in which he hoped to be able to turn metal into gold. The group was called Cosmoid, and they had big plans, including to build a city around their alchemical tower, based on the funds they hoped to create through secret ancient practices. These practices stood in stark contrast to the strict Christian image Baron Overton desperately strived to portray. Not surprisingly, these experiments never bore results, and Baron Overton died in 1908. His wife, Lady Overton, grief-stricken and alone, is said to have wandered the bridge, mourning her husband's legacy, until her own death sometime later. There have even been reports to this day of a lady in white spotted on the bridge. Could it be that what dogs are picking up on Overton Bridge is the sad memory or ghost of Lady Overton? Is it the ghost of Lady Overton, the white lady, as she is known, who is returning to this bridge time and time again, still looking for her long-lost, dearly departed husband? Could Baron Overton's blatant disregard for human life have cursed the bridge? As Paul Owen says in his book, 
Here was a holy and divine bridge, built from the devilish and the diabolical. When you cross Overton Bridge, it is a, a thin place. It's a kind of melting pot of spirituality. It's a kind of rainbow bridge where heaven and earth have drawn very close and sometimes when one crosses this particular bridge, they are touched with all kinds of strange sensations or uh, strange spiritual presences at times. According to local legends, the land around Overton Bridge has had supernatural occurrences long before the bridge's construction. I suppose the earliest mention of a supernatural occurrence took place in the 18th century, just northwest of where the bridge now stands, when a local whiskey smuggler named Roderick McTavish encountered the strange otherworldly experience of a band of fairies dancing in a fairy ring at Overton. It was said that shepherds and travellers who passed through Overton often heard what could only be described as weird music being played by these fairies and a very unearthly strange tone. And McTavish, though he was startled by his own experience, it was said that he had toasted and drank whiskey with the fairies in foxglove cups until the cock crowed the next day when they all suddenly disappeared. This is what happened a long time ago. This is one of the earliest supernatural stories. And so our dogs, who are said to be super sensitive animals, are dogs experiencing supernatural entities such as the fairies around Overton Bridge, much the same way that McTavish had done centuries earlier. Scotland is rife with fairy folklore and superstitious beliefs. Have these beliefs left a tangible mark on the land and in the minds of locals? creating experiences and stories that span centuries. What is the meaning of these experiences, and why have they so fascinated human beings through the ages? We spoke with Ian Fisher, an ex-police officer who now runs a dog boarding business, about a much more recent paranormal experience while at Overton Bridge. Not long after 1999 when I set up the business, I would regularly walk at a client's border collie in the grounds of Overton House. And the dog was always reluctant to walk over Overton Bridge. And then one day she stopped in her tracks and sat staring at the house. And I I looked up towards the house and uh, in a window, I could see what I would describe as a grey, smoky figure of what looked like a woman. After a few seconds, you know, this that dog pulled in her lead, distracting me. And then when I looked back at the window, the figure had disappeared. But it was obviously very strange. Paul Owens had a strange encounter as well. Um, I was with a friend at the time, and I had taken some photographs of the walls and parapets along the bridge, when suddenly I experienced what felt like a phantom finger prodding me in the back twice, which caused me to jolt backwards. I was totally taken aback and had no idea what had actually happened to me. When I had this strange otherworldly experience, I had no thought in my mind about ghosts or strange presences which are said to lurk around this bridge. It was something completely unexplained and out of the blue. Overton Bridge is also the site of a recent tragedy which further adds to the ominous atmosphere. In 1994, a 32-year-old laboratory technician, Kevin Moy, threw his baby from the bridge, killing it. 
He claimed that his baby was the Antichrist and that he was marked by the devil. He believed if he didn't kill the baby and himself, that they would be responsible for a super virus that would destroy the world. While this was certainly the result of untreated mental illness, across town, there was something very strange occurring. Joan Thompson awakened from a nap to a vision. Joan Thompson was unaware that a baby had been thrown from the bridge because she had been sleeping and had awoken briefly when she encountered an overpowering vision that shook her. And standing before her, she observed a white figure clutching a baby. Unaware that a baby obviously had been hurled from Overton Bridge the same day, she was completely puzzled as to what this vision had meant or why indeed she had received it. Later, after hearing that a child had been thrown um, from the bridge, she took it to mean that the baby was now safe with God. The baby had died and went to heaven. Now, you could really legitimately ask, was this another example of Overton, you know, projecting supernatural dreams or visions into the minds of local people? Because this has happened to other people in the community, including myself, who have had extremely strange uh, dreams about Overton um, for no apparent reason. And then later, it becomes very clear why you were given these dreams or visions. In 2014, Alice Trevorrow was having a reoccurring nightmare where she was running around Overton House, banging on the doors and crying for help. Eventually, a woman in a Victorian dress opens the door and this is where the dream ends. And she couldn't make sense of why these images kept plaguing her sleep. Later, Alice's dog Cassie would end up jumping from Overton Bridge. Alice ran to Overton House banging on the doors and crying for help. And then it struck her. This was the exact scenario from her nightmare. Is it possible for a location to exude some unknown power? Curse or not, it is undeniable that there is something strange occurring at Overton Bridge. It is a fact that dogs have jumped from atop the bridge at alarming numbers. So much so, that a sign has been enacted at the bridge, warning owners to put their dogs on a leash when crossing. If not some paranormal occurrence, what else could be having such a strong effect on those who visit, human and canine alike? We spoke with Dr. Sands to try and understand what in a dog's natural behavior might cause them to jump from the bridge. I felt it was likely to be a sort of combination of, of factors rather than one single factor. You know, the, the, as I said, there was a common thread of the type of dogs that were very lively and athletic and, and, and working breed. There was situations where you've got almost an, an optical illusion because, as I explained, the, the topography goes from level ground uh, to this bridge crossing a gorge, so it's a, such a radical change. There's a lot of uh, dense undergrowth. Uh, there will be a lot of uh, smells and, and, and sounds from that. There is a gothic, gothic feel to the bridge, and there's many images that show that. Uh, but it is a very, very solid structure. Uh, the walls are, are decent high, but jumpable uh, by, by an athletic dog. I was sort of very conscious of on the ground level of the bridge. 
you can't see beyond the trees that are all round it. So there's not as if it's, there's a clearing where from the bridge you would see a view or, or a horizon. Uh, so I felt that was quite significant. And the walls are very solid, very thick. I could imagine in different weather conditions that could be a factor. One of the most popular theories that has stuck with the public is that the smell of wild animals below the bridge causes dogs to follow their noses, sometimes to their death. One animal in particular has a very strong and alluring odor to dogs and has been identified as the primary culprit, mink. This theory is just one of a number proposed by Dr. Sands in the 2006 television documentary series, Stranger Than Fiction. I'm well aware that this is not a clinical environment. Uh, this is a field where other animals have scented and there would be other odors around, but it's a good enough environment to actually place these scents down and set up the trials for the experiment. What I've got here are three animal odors for those that have been found at the bridge. In the far one, we have mouse. In the middle one, we've got squirrel. And here we've got mink. And what we want to find out is the 10 dogs we've got waiting, which ones they find the most interesting. Yeah, this experiment um, is really designed uh, to show how the dogs' minds are working. 75% of the world is about what they can smell. And there was a fantastic bias uh, towards the very strong odor of the mink. There's just one problem with this theory. Mink are not commonly found in the area. And depending on who you ask, you'll get wildly different answers on whether mink could or could not be the cause. And there were local mink farms. Minks had been released by uh, animal liberation people. Some people say, no, they've never been seen. And yet I spoke to a, a, an angler, a local angler, who said that he had definitely seen them in the, there's pools above the bridge, higher up on the hill, and uh, he'd seen them fishing. In fact, uh, I'm just recalling right now, when, when we did the original filming in 2005, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure that I saw, uh, you know, a low uh, creature go across one of the border fences, you know, in the further field. Uh, and I didn't imagine it because I'm used to looking for animals. Um, and that could have easily been a mink or an otter. I myself uh, do not believe that the scent theory and the theory about the mink holds any credibility. I think it's uh, fairly uh, reasonable to realise that, in fact, mink are not to blame for the dog leaping riddle at all. First of all, um, many local people who have been walking under the bridge for most of their lives, none of them have ever seen a mink there. And there are many people I've spoken to have also told me that they've been walking with maybe five or six dogs uh, under that bridge and they've never once seen a mink in 30, 40 years. And that is something that's well known. Um, furthermore, the mink themselves are mainly nocturnal animals, which means that they only come out at night. They do not come out during the hours of daylight on land or water. And while this theory has sparked great debate from skeptics and believers of the paranormal, Dr. Sands is adamant that he did not mean for it to be the all-encompassing theory, but perhaps just one small piece of a larger puzzle. These questions were placed to me at the beginning, uh, once I'd given my side of what I thought was going on, which was more a generalized idea that, it, that you know, I was always targeting misadventure, but the whole idea of the mink became the one focus. But I'd said repeatedly that I felt that 
uh, owner queues, uh, the fact that owners would stop on the bridge and look uh, might, might be a signal for the dogs to sort of react in, in a certain way, go off on their own or do something. Dr. Sands believes a dog's eyesight may also play a role in these unfortunate incidents. Um, if you know a little bit about the physiology of the dog's eye, it's all about the rods and cones. They don't see as distinctly as we do because a lot of the senses are tuned. You know, the sense of smell, the, the hearing uh, is far more sensitive. And so the eyesight itself is not as significant. And, and the dog evolved hunting in twilight. So they're, they're listening for movement and sounds and smells. Uh, so it was about that, that they can get onto a structure and not necessarily see the depth of field that we can, uh, where if they jump off it, you know, um, there could be a drop on the other side. And that's quite significant with the Overton Bridge because the topography is uh, very unusual in that it, it cuts across a gorge. So you go from level ground uh, and then at the, the peak of the bridge, there's a 50-foot drop. When reviewing breeds that jumped from the bridge, there seemed to be a connection. The most excitable dogs are the working breeds, not worked. You know, the livestock controlling or the tracking dogs. And he said, well, that's interesting because the statistics we're looking at in the, in the 60 dogs, uh, there's a lot of collies and collie crosses, you know, that are used for livestock control. So I said that before I, I even knew about the, um, you know, the breeds involved. It's clear that a combination of factors, including a dog's lack of depth reception, strong sense of scent, and an instinct for hunting, could explain the mystery at Overton. But not everyone is so convinced the activity around Overton Bridge can be explained by science. Paul Owens has spent his entire life growing up in the area and the past decade researching the bridge. He believes there are mysterious forces at play, the kind of which we have yet to understand. The theories that I prescribe are all supernatural or paranormal because I've interviewed enough people who have had supernatural experiences while walking on the Overton estate. I myself have had supernatural experiences while standing on Overton Bridge. So I can only go by the experience of, of real people who have had genuine experiences, and I myself being one of them. And when you have real factual experiences like that, then it seems to me that this is something that must be taken very seriously. And there have been countless ghostly sightings around Overton. There have been countless people who have experienced strange presences at the bridge. Well, I, you know, I try to come from a scientific approach, but I, the people, if they believe in it enough, it, it becomes real. There is a, a psychology in it where you can almost, um, you know, absorb it yourself. Uh, I think it becomes a more exciting story when the supernatural ideas, uh, you know, become involved. It's one of the great things about being human, isn't it, that we, we have these stories running in our heads and... Uh, were inspired by other people's stories. So I think as, as a theme, uh, as an interest, it, 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 it is quite exciting. Regardless of the explanation behind the tragedies at Overton Bridge, one thing's for sure. This bridge holds power over us. We are fascinated and even terrified of what secrets it may hold. Perhaps one day, we will unlock the true mystery of Overton Bridge. 
But for now, it remains a strange phenomenon. Let us know what you think is happening at Overton Bridge on Twitter and Instagram at strange underscore phenom and on Facebook at strange phenomenon, all one word. Please give us a review and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Visit www.strange-phenomenon.com for a full list of sources and more episodes. Strange Phenomenon is hosted by Ray Tarara. It's written and produced by RJ Blake and Ray Tarara. Theme music by Tara Monk. A special thanks to Paul Owens, Dr. David Sands, and Ian Fisher for sharing their experiences and knowledge with us. You can learn more about Paul Owens and purchase his book, The Baron of Rainbow Bridge, on his website at www.paulowens.org. Additional music provided by Ghost Stories Incorporated, Sergi Quadrado, Sergi Cheramizinov, Kai Engel, and Slancha. Links to the artist's websites in the show notes.